Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What camera am I looking at? This one. Ramsey, you don't have a job anymore. <laughs> Yo, what is going on? And welcome to another episode of the Urban Pitch Podcast, the beautiful game of life, part of the Believe Network. I am Bridget Flores, co-executive director of Vibes, period. And today is Bridget's Corner. Just kidding. With me today is Julio Monterrosa, our other co-executive director of Vibes. How you doing, Julio? Can't complain. We have a super doesn't matter here. because I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. we, but we have we do have, like besides all the jokes, we have a Super special guest, Bridget. Super special guest. I will do the introduction. But before that, today's a little different because... There's no Ramsey. There's Ra- no Ramsey. Ra- Ramsey, we miss you. It feels like you're not even here, but whatever. But like, Bridget got this. Ramsey, we miss you. We hope you're having a great time, but we don't need you. So if you don't want to come back, it's okay. I'm just kidding. We definitely need you because we've been struggling today. But anyway, today's not about Ramsey. Today we have an amazing, multi-talented guest. I'm gonna need to like sit up straight to do this introduction, catch my breath. Today with us, we've got the Salvadoreño Americano, born and raised in South Central LA, bilingual sports anchor, play-by-play announcer for Apple TV and MLS, 17 times Emmy Award winner, book author, and you might have heard him chanting his famous Lo Canto, Lo Canto live for MLS games. The one, the only, Moises Linares. Hey, burn, 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 burn. That was a great yeah. intro. <laughs> that was a great <laughs> intro. What an in- I, don't, I don't think I've had that introduction ever, so. Listen. You know what? I'm liking you in that. Ch- Ramsey, you might have lost <laughs> your job, bro. No, she messed up, though. Cause she would say DJ Mo Sleazy. Bro, chill. <laughs> we haven't even gotten to that point. It's too soon for that. Come Dang. on. Are we gonna, get, we gonna get to that next episode? That's <laughs> deep in the archive. Yeah, you know man. what I'm saying? He just, he just went straight through. He went straight for the throat, dog. That's you know, that's how that's how you do it when you have that kind of connection. Burr, 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 burr. <laughs> See that, man. Moises, how are you doing? I'm doing great, man. I'm I'm glad to be here. I've I've said this before. I've seen you guys for a while. Uh, I think we have a lot of friends in common and people have been asking me, you should come on the podcast. And I said, well, it's not up to me. Uh, it gets up to them whenever they invite <laughs> me. And, and, you know, Julio brought it up about a year ago. Sheesh. And we just couldn't get on the same page. Yeah. It's because so, Roy. Now that we're here, <laughs> you know, yeah. now that we're here, uh, I'm, very, I'm very happy. I think that it's always dope when I can come home and, and you know, collaborate with people like you guys yeah. just doing great stuff and doing great work. And like I said, I'm a big fan of the podcast. Yeah, no, nah, for us, it's an honor. I mean, I feel like we, me and Julio... Ramsey's always taking charge. He's the one in control. He's taller than us. Like, I feel like that gives him a little First step of all, up. I, I haven't worn my Air Force once, so I'm a little shorter today. My guy, we're down here. <laughs> <laughs> but not just that. Like, I feel like me and Juli have tried to find ourselves out, you know? But to have you here, it's an honor. Like, you've done so many amazing things, not, not only for, like, the Salvadorian culture, but just in general for Latinos and just, like, changing the game. So I feel like there's so many ways for us to start this but for you like tell us a little about a little bit about your background like how did you get to where you are how did you start like whatever that feels wherever you want to start with your story that's where we want to start i mean i would say i'm a hardcore angelino although i haven't been home in a long time i still spend like 90 percent of my free time in la 
I come back, I try to contribute to the community, I try to do different stuff just to feel connected. And, you know, being from South Central LA and to be where I'm at now and looking back, it seems kind of like, wow, I can't believe I've accomplished so much because when you're from South Central Los Angeles, most of the time people think you're not gonna make it. That's right. the number one thing. Like, <clears throat> oh, you're not expected to make it. So if you fail, it's okay. Right. We're not expecting you to, to do anything in life. Your expectations are right here. Mm -hmm. So when you get to this point, people are shocked. And I don't feel shocked. I just feel like there's been a generation of us, because it's not just me. There's a generation of us who are working hard, raising the bar, inspiring the younger kids, changing the narrative, doing things that people thought were impossible. Mm -hmm. And when you look back, you're like, sheesh, man, I can't believe we've done so much so I come back home and I just feel like I come here to re-energize, to kind of like just recharge my batteries. So that's pretty much where I'm at and that's what I think that's what I think about when I think about my story. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchups reports for baseball, boxing, golfing, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games, available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Right, but growing up, did you feel like did you kind of know what path you were gonna take? How did how did that work for you? Because I feel like growing up in South Central LA and LA in general, in in areas in LA that are underserved, like you, for me personally, and I think a lot of my friends like that I'm close to, like we don't know what's next. So for you, what was that like? How did you know? I think I was confused. Yeah. I was confused because I had so many options. Some were not that good, mm -hmm. but I did want to do good. I wanted to strive to be great. But that's not the first thing that's presented to you. Mm -hmm. The first thing that's presented to you is um, drugs, alcohol, crime. And when you live in poverty, you consider those options because right. you're trying to make the quick dollar. Mm -hmm. You're trying to get by. You're trying to contribute to the household. It's always not the first option, but if it's going to bring money and you can help your family, you're going to consider it. And I think there were many times where I thought about doing things that I probably should have never been thinking about. And, and I would say to myself, if I take that path, if I make that choice, what, are my, what is my mom gonna say? Mm -hmm. What are my sisters gonna think? What about if I get arrested? Going to college was never an option. You know, I went to school at Cal State Northridge, but it was like the last option on my, on my table. And you know, I, I thought about other mm -hmm. stuff. I thought about, well, why don't you just work? Like everybody in your family's working, Everyone in your family is saying you should work, help your mom, contribute to the household mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. But for me, it was like, if I do that, if I start working right now, long term, am I able gonna, am I gonna be able to help? And the answer was no. Yeah. That chill, bro. Sorry. Relax. <laughs> I know you're anxious. You scared me right he's now. He's trying to play footy with you. Yeah, he's, he's basketball shoes right now. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a baller. Like <laughs> <laughs> light commercial. Look, man, it, it's crazy. You think about all those things, and I know I'm not the only one. And I, I say that with, with a lot of heart and with a lot of pride. I'm not the only one who's gone through this situation. My story right. is not unique. It's unique to me, but 
but a lot of us go through the same mm -hmm. scenario. We have to make the same decisions, and some people don't make the best decisions because you don't have role models. You don't have anyone motivating you. You don't have anyone pushing you in this direction and saying, hey, you know what? Think about this before you make that choice. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was always my mom who was always pushing me and saying, you got to be different. You got to do things different. You have to be an example for your sisters and for your brother and for your cousins because they're going to look up to you. In a way, it could be a lot of pressure, but for me, it was a challenge that I wanted. I'm like, I want to be that person who changes things for mm -hmm. my family. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that the three of us can relate and resonate to a lot of that. And you know what? Like, that's the beauty of having like a platform like this where we get to talk about this and share our story because the reality is like you don't really hear these stories out there right like you Definitely. hear about like big big time people but you don't hear about the ones that had to struggle and go through the the situations that you were talking about Shoot, i'll tell you right off the bat i get to dc recruited by telemundo they're offering me a job and they're saying hey we want to make you the sports anchor i had little to no experience but i had a I was hungry mm -hmm. and every person that I met back then used to tell me the same thing. Look, you're hungry, but you don't have the experience that I'm looking for right now. So I get there and I start, you know, moving up the ranks and just grinding every week, doing uh, the, the extra work for free, not, not expecting anything back or in return. And when I would tell people where I was from, they couldn't believe it. When I would tell people, hey, I'm from South Central LA, the first thing they would tell me, oh, Crips and Blood, red <laughs> or blue. And I'm like, where were you? <laughs> Yeah, and, I, and I'm like, no, well, I'm like, I'm like, dude, I'm like, it's, that's not always the thing. I did go through that, but right. it was, those are not the options. But that's like the stereotypes they have. Mm -hmm. And when they would, you know, learn more about me, they just couldn't believe like, oh, you got out. Like you actually right. made it. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, I mean, for me, it was like a normal thing. But for them, it was a, it was a shock to learn that, oh, well, some of you guys actually make it. And I, I would say there's a lot of us who make it out. Definitely. Maybe not in the numbers we would like to see, mm -hmm. but there's people who are doing great things who came out of the hood, who are probably not in front of a camera, right. who are striving to be great and be, becoming role models for right. the future generations. No, definitely. And I agree because like, uh, I remember going to college my first two years. Um, I just thought that I know everybody know where, where I'm from. It was I always say Crenshaw Slots and Crenshaw Slots. Yeah. Where I was raised at. And it got to a point where it's like, oh, like the rap video. So I got so tired. Tired of that. I was like, I'm from Culver City. And it's only like three mile difference, but Culver City to Crenshaw Slots is two different, different story. Two different communities. Mm -hmm. So, but it, it was just me tired of being like, so how was it when you, did you ever get shot? I'm like, no, like my parents worked two jobs so I could have everything I want. Yeah. Um, and like to put me in soccer all my life. So I wouldn't see the struggles, even though I was raised in a community where there was, was a lot of violence. Yeah. I didn't see it because I was sheltered and my dad worked that hard for us to not see that. Mm -hmm. And it just used to piss me off. Right. And, cre and credit to your parents, man. Credit to your parents because not, er not everyone has the same story. And I, I tell people, if you have your two parents, that's amazing. That's mm -hmm. great. That's, like been, that's a blessing in disguise. Definitely. And you might not see it until you're older. In my case, I only had my mom. So it was my mom and seven. It was seven of us total. Mm -hmm. so you were the oldest. I was the oldest. So I was like in charge of taking care of them when my mom would try to go to work. But if I'm being honest, for me, like I'm a, I'm a kid out of South Central that was raised on welfare and food stamps and Section 8. And if you would have asked me this <laughs> 10 years ago, I would have been embarrassed because I was. Yeah. I was saying to myself, nah, I don't want to say that. I don't want people to know that out. But now I say it with a lot of pride, not because 
the reason why I, I say that is because I know there's a lot of kids out there that are going through the same situation that feel like, oh, I'm, my parents are on welfare or, or they're on food stamps and that's a bad thing. They're going to make fun of me in school and they're going to bully me because everyone back then and when I was in school, if you were on any of those programs, they would bully you like I, you were done, bro. They were going to kill you. They're like, right. oh, here comes the food stamp kid or yeah. here comes a Section A kid. But now I look back and I say the opposite and I say, if it wasn't for welfare, if it wasn't for Section 8, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. Mm -hmm. So I am very thankful for those programs. And those programs are meant to serve the community. Mm -hmm. They're not meant to destroy you or bring you down. So if people need those programs, they should take advantage of those programs because that's the reason why they were created. Right. So I know there's a lot of kids who have come out of those programs who are doing great today. Dude, you're speaking, you're speaking facts because... I was, I mean, I, I had before this year, I was working in education for seven years. And what you're saying right now, I would try to tell them and it would go like in one year and out the other. And I also respected the fact that like, sometimes life is gonna take you where you have to go to like help you understand and be grateful for where you're at. And I think that we're all in the space of, in this time and day, we're in a space of reflection where we realize like, those programs weren't like embarrassing. They helped us. They got to. Uh, they got us to where we're at today, right? But um, I think more so on your story, right? Like, what got you? What got you to be a sports anchor in general, right? Like, because so clearly you have a lot of be, titles. Be, before you, before you uh, go into it, go into it. Uh, I, Harrison Mayan, a great friend <laughs> of mine, um, he took my brother to El Salvador to for, on some pro tryouts. My brother tapped for a year, so like. And my, my dad had a great appreciation for Herson. So to this day, Herson in my heart, well, we had a special place there. So I reached out to him because I knew he was your cousin. <laughs> so he said that you guys used to go to games as kids and you'll be like commentating on games just to be funny. And so the yeah. family would laugh and he'd be like, this guy. But he said you were also a baller. So how do you make the decision from being like a great player to like play-by-play -play caller? I, I think that, you know, my first interaction with a play-by-play started during the 1994 World Cup. I was very young, under 10 years old, listening to Andres Cantor, and I thought I was very intrigued by the, by the art of play-by-play. Mm -hmm. play. mm -hmm. But I didn't think much of it. I loved the goal, right? That's, we all did, And right? Andres was coming on the scene, and he was a monster. This guy was a legend. Till this day, I have a... Own network now. I have a fairly good relationship with Andres. We don't talk every day, but I know that if I hit him up, he'll probably reply. If I asked him a question, and uh, four, years, four years later, during the 1998 World Cup, that's when my mind is starting to really evolve. I'm starting to be more conscious of what's around me. I'm in middle school. I'm walking down the railroad tracks on, in, in, you know, on Sloshan Avenue. Yeah. So I think they took them out. Like now they're not they, there anymore. They brought them back though. So the railroad tracks are there. And I would walk you know, in the middle of the railroad tracks to school because I went to John Muir Middle School. Mm -hmm. If you're familiar with the area, you know how good John yeah. Muir was, right? So <laughs> I go to John Muir. I'm listening to the World Cup on my, uh, World Cup on my radio, and I'm just listening to different play-by-play -play announcers, and that's coming into my mind. It's like a seed. And then I'm like, wow, this is who I want to be like. This is, this, is the, this is what I want to do in life. So I would imitate them, and I would mimic them, and I would walk every single day. And was I that was on just, the radio? I was on the radio. So Marcador? Sí, marcador, uno a uno. <laughs> 
but my favorite thing out of everything, people who, who listened to the radio back then in the 90s, they know that it was the, the commercials during the game. Like, Mono, ¿qué nos tienes? Este partido es presentado por McDonald's. ¿Alguien dijo McDonald's? Y por Nisa, no, por Honda, te lleva lejos. So I love that. I was like, that's what I want to do. No, my favorite was like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you have El Veloz Gonzalez, who yeah. was the announcer for the LA Legend. Galaxy. You had all these guys who were legends and who had made a career in different countries and they had come to the U.S., mm -hmm. but there were no people like myself mm -hmm. who had been born in the U.S. who had tapped into that market because we were still very young. So walking the railroad tracks, mimicking play-by-play -play announcers, that's where the idea of becoming an announcer was born. And I just followed through. Then it was middle school. Then it was high school. Just like being on the bench when I wasn't playing and calling games. And then it was college doing the same thing. And I was like, this is what I want to do. That path was through journalism. So I said, this is where I have to go. This is the path that I have to follow. I became a reporter. I became an anchor. But always with the thought of like play-by-play -play announcing is what I want to do. And I, I was a sports anchor uh, and reporter in Washington, D.C., but I was also the play-by-play -play announcer for DC United and for the Commanders on the side, and those were side jobs. Mm -hmm. So that's where, you know, off-camera, we were talking about sometimes when you're trying to take something from here to here, you have to grind, 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 and put that time you don't have. You have to make that time happen some way, somehow, and that's the difference between making it and not making it. So uh, being a play-by-play, -play, oh, sideline commentary for the Commanders, you went viral with giving your co-host a pupusa. I was like, so I call you the official pupusa guy right now. The ambassador. <laughs> the ambassador. Yeah, pupusa you put, ambassador. Yeah, you put us on the map. Like, that went viral, but you've done it before at the Tokyo Olympics. Yeah. Like, no, that was after. Tokyo was after. So, so when you meet commanders, you like... I just started, I just started, like, at one point I, I get to D.C. and I get invited to this festival and it's called El, Salva El Salvadoreñísimo. That's a tough word. Yeah. El Salvadoreñísimo. <laughs> And it was one of the biggest festivals and you know, that's what I heard. This is one of the biggest festivals, Salvadoran festivals in the country. And I was like, all right, cool, whatever. I didn't pay much attention to it. They invite me to go on stage as part of the newscast, introduce yourself, invite people to watch the newscast. So I'm like, hey, mi nombre es Moisés Linares. Los invito a ver el noticiero, blah, 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 from blah, blah, blah. And then I just kind of like glance to the horizon and then I'm like, that's a lot of blue and white. <laughs> no, and I'm, like, and I'm looking. Where did this come from? Exactly. I hadn't, been, I, I hadn't yeah. paid attention. And then I look out to the crowd, and it's just blue and white, blue and white, blue and white, blue and white. It was 20,000 Salvadorans in one festival. Mm -hmm. And then it just hit me. And it, this is like my first year. This is like 2012. I'm lying to you. 2013. And I'm like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to represent them. And I, when people started finding out that I was Salvadoran, they were like, oh, man, thank you for representing us. And I was just like, I was shocked. So for me, it was like the calling. Like, I have to represent my community. But more than anything, I have to represent my generation. Because after my generation, there's going to be another generation of Salvadoran Americans. And I just started grinding and grinding. And sometimes people wouldn't care or they would ignore me. But I'm like, I'm not going to get tired of doing it. I'm going to keep doing this till the end of my career. And now, when you look at social media, you have an entire generation of Salvadorian Americans that are very proud of the work they're doing and we're the second largest community after the Mexican community. Of course. And how tough was that though? Cause like, yeah, growing up, like there's a lot of Salvadorians that just came out on social media now, like they've been doing 
have been doing social media for a while that just came out of Salvadorians, like either half or whatever it may be, like how was it for you in, in a space where you either have to be Mexican, like especially, just saying soccer especially, you have to be Mexican or from Argentina or from like South America, like how was it breaking into that soccer space? It was difficult, it was difficult because I remember working at a company that does soccer here in LA that's on TV, International, and I remember being there just... Call them out. Julio is here for the drama. No, I'm joking, I'm joking. No. Actually, you know what? No, let's call them out. Let's, let's call them out because I'm, just, I'm not hating on them or anything like that. I was working for Fox Sports. You're bringing awareness. Yeah. Because I was working we for Fox. I was working for Fox Sports and Fox Soccer Channel mm. at the time. Oh. And I learned a lot working there. But when I first got there, I saw a lot of people that I looked up to, and I'm like, I can't believe this person is here. Wow. Mm-hmm. This play-by-play play announcer is here. And then I saw other play-by-play play announcers, and some of them were Salvadoran. But I didn't know they were Salvadoran because they didn't sound Salvadoran. And then they started telling me, if you want to make it in this business, don't talk like a Salvadoran. That's, That's wild. Because, because you're not going to get any TV time. And I was like, what? So like, are you they serious? They were like, the voz es que no. Es que vos no, yeah. Mira It's the assimilation. So man. I was like, what? Wait, what? And they were like, no, no, just neutralize your Spanish. So I started neutralizing my Spanish. And I'm like, I'm going to get rid of all uh, el bocear y cualquier palabra salvadoreña. Me voy a deshacer de eso, sí. Nada de voz, nada de maje, nada de eso. So I started working on that and I learned from them. And then I saw that being Salvadoran wasn't accepted. And I would, I would invite anybody else to tell me otherwise. I invite anybody who thinks that I'm lying, hit me up, let's mm-hmm. talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know, tell me that I'm wrong, that I'm lying right now. Mm-hmm. It was not accepted. That's why you have a lot of these guys who are Salvadorans, and there's a difference. Salvadorans that came from El Salvador and Salvadorans that are born here. We're different even though we're not. But... Tell me one that sounds Salvadoran that you're like, oh, that one's Salvadoran. None. Fernando Paloma doesn't sound like that. Jose Hernandez doesn't sound like that. Now they have Salvadoran vocabulary, like lexical, but right, they so don't talk 100, fully like 100% Salvadoran. All right, so like, all right, so Fernando Paloma, even though like he does not, he does not sound like my mom or dad or my uncles or anybody that I grew up Salvadoran with. Yeah. He had, he has. Uh, I would say for the 2010 uh, qualifiers, he has like fought for us though. Oh, I agree. I don't yeah. disagree with that. All right. That was not my point. My point was that he doesn't talk. No, he does not. Like a Salvadoran. And I would speak to him. He was actually, he came, if I'm not mistaken, he came out of the Argentina broadcasting school because yeah. he went to work in Argentina. He is our biggest uh, representative when it comes to play-by-play. Mm-hmm. He sounds Paloma. more South American than he sounds Salvadorian. And Jose was, Jose was born in El Salvador. I never met Jose in person, but I admire him a lot look up to him a lot, and I'm, I like the fact that he represents us, so I'm very happy that he's part of this project, and so am I, and I believe we're the only two Salvadorans in Apple TV as mm-hmm. of now. Hopefully mm-hmm. we have more. Right, and I think that you bring up a good point. I think that just like what you're sharing right now, your story is reflecting on a lot, a lot on like what Latinos had to do in the U.S. to feel like they belonged, assimilation. Like, we, I think that there was a point in time where Latinos had to feel like in order to belong, they had to like not talk in Spanish and act, you know, a certain type of way to feel appreciated and like they belonged in LA, in the United States in general. 
But I think that this is why we have you here to share your story because I think you're doing it differently. You're breaking that barrier of like, no, I'm not gonna not represent who I am. I'm not gonna hold my acento. I'm not gonna hold my, my culture back. Like I'm gonna show up as my true self. And I feel like you have a lot of, um, your story brings a lot of like inspiration and influence to our generations now because I feel like a lot of that is a little scary. Like, I think we hold back a little bit because of where we come from, because of where our family is. Yeah, yeah. coming from immigrant parents, we're, we're taught as kids to don't be loud, don't be seen. Don't ask questions. Don't ask questions for the simple reason that immigrant parents with no papers, mm -hmm. like immigration can come in. It could cause attention. Yeah, it can cause attention. So like, a minute, even if we get, so here's a little hot take. Um, whatever anybody's experiencing in, in these uh, urban societies, Hispanics are, are experienced as well. Police brutality, all that great stuff. Not great stuff, but all that stuff. We experience that too, but we come from parents saying like, no, let it go because the minute you, you're, you're known, they're gonna mess with you no more or they're gonna mess with us. Yeah. Coming from parents that are immigrants. You coming from a parent that was a street vendor, selling tomatoes in the corner, old as a seven, how, how did you manage all that? I think like I've always, in my case, I've always felt proud of my mom. Like, whatever she does, I supported her. Like, if she's cleaning houses like many parents do here in the U.S. when they've come from another country mm -hmm. and they don't have an education, mm -hmm. um, I felt proud. I felt proud that she sacrificed so much for me to have this opportunity. So I always shout her out. So shout out, Mom. I know you're probably hey. watching this and she doesn't <laughs> understand, but Mamá, te quiero mucho. Shout out hey. to you for ser una mujer cachimbona, como dicen en El Salvador. <laughs> I feel, the, you know, the fact that she just puts herself out there and she has her up and down. She has her challenges, but she's never given up. She doesn't complain. She raised seven kids by herself. Seven kids. Dang. Seven kids. And she That's never, hard. she never, you know, she never made an excuse. And when she needed help, she went to seek for help. She went to seek help. And I thought that I had to kind of do justice by her and kind of not waste the opportunity that I was given, to, uh, given right by her coming to this country, when I asked her, why did mm -hmm. you come to this country? Like when I was younger, I thought if I have kids, I want them to have a better uh, future than the one that I have. So now I'm here and I try to support her and she still sometimes sells food, whether it's in a corner or in, in, you know, out of her house. And I try to help her out and I sometimes show up into the corner and I'm like selling with her and no one knows who I am. So I'm just <laughs> like, whatever, dude. <laughs> and I help them out and I bounce. And, she actually did something with LAFC. She's done like a couple of things with LAFC. I know that LAFC recognized her and, you know, I'm very thankful for that. I'm thankful for the fact that the club, you know, um, took her into consideration. She's been a, a vendor outside of the stadium a couple of times. Mm -hmm. And I think she's an LAFC fan. So, you know, congratulations she's, to her. As an LA native, what fan are you though? There's two <laughs> LA teams. I'm an LA Galaxy fan, man. Sheesh. I love your mom then. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to I gotta your mom. Be I gotta be straight. Hey, I've been threatened, by the way, because I've been trying. They've, they try to convert me to an LAFC fan. Like I told uh, Rigid before the show, I have a lot of respect and, and love for LAFC. Wrap this episode up. Hey, but you know what? <laughs> I'm we, joking, I'm I do, I do, because I think they have a great marketing team. I think of they're course. one of the, if not the best team in MLS when it comes to that. But I mean, I grew up a Galaxy fan and I've been threatened if you become an LAFC fan, mm. we're no longer friends. And I'm like, damn, like that. <laughs> so what, what are your But I did grow up around this neighborhood. So I see, right. I see the stadium and I'm like, you have right. to. I'm so, like, it's more convenient for me so, to be an so LAFC fan. So what are your best friends growing up, Shorty? Like, 
He's an LAFC fan. He bleeds, he bleeds black and gold. <laughs> I get that text every freaking day. <laughs> every other day, they're like, hey, are you bleeding? And like, I'm bleeding. I'm like, are you? I told them one day. Like, he hit me up and he goes like, hey, Moy, I'm bleeding. I'm like, bro, are you sure? Are, are you good? He's like, yeah, I'm bleeding black and gold. <laughs> and I'm like, this, this guy, man. So stay on the shorty topic. Uh, he told me a great story about you. About me? Uh, yeah, about you. Uh -oh. So He said you were always that kid with the soccer ball next to you. Yeah, we're walking to John Muir. You were the guy that's like, hey, I got a soccer ball, let's play. So one time you guys were playing, the ball rolled into the little Tiger Cholitos crowd, and you wanted your ball back. Um, he didn't want to give it back, so you had your first fist fight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, John Muir, like around that time of my life, I was getting in fights every other day, and uh, Shorty's a year younger than me, so he came on board when I was in the seventh grade, <laughs> and they were always there. It, it was, was the eighth grade that you got in a fight with. I was, yeah, yeah. I got in a lot of fights. Jamir, <laughs> I was fighting every other day. Sheesh. And um, I actually wrote about it in my book. Definitely. There's, there's a fight called, like, David versus Goliath, right? Because <laughs> I was David. I was really small. <laughs> and Goliath was this kid named Walter who I haven't seen him in a long time, but it's all love now. You shout out to him on Facebook. Yeah, we were, we <laughs> were, we were, Walter. <laughs> hey, we were kids back then. And uh, Walter and I... I don't know, for some reason, Walter didn't like the fact that I was fighting everybody else and not getting my butt kicked. So he was like, he started telling people one day, I get, I get to first period. First period is like 7 in the morning. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And some kid comes to me and he goes, hey. And I'm like, what's up? He goes, Walter says he's kicking your ass at 3 p.m. And I'm like, what? And I knew Walter. Walter was big. You had whole six, six periods. To yeah, so I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, I fought everybody. I've survived everybody. I'm not saying that I kick people's butts. It was like Mortal Kombat. You had to fight But you box. had, you had. So he goes, Walter's kicking your ass at 3 p.m. And I'm like, I'm going to brush it off. You didn't, you never told me that. <laughs> Next period, another kid comes. Is it true you're fighting Walter at 3 p.m.? <laughs> and I'm like, what? I'm like, nah, that's not true. And that's what I heard. <laughs> then we get to Reese's. And John Muir was 10, a bad, John Muir was a bad school. Yeah. yeah. John Muir had pretty much. The initi uh, initiation to gangs. Mm -hmm. I'm not lying to you. Bro, I'm not lying to you. So here comes the small gang of the school, right? Latino versus blacks, mm -hmm. which is really stupid. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's so Because Walter, yeah. Walter was black, but he's an Hondureño, so he's an Afro-Latino. Oh, he had the both sides. So, so he goes, so the Latino little gang or whatever, like crew, because they were not gangs, they're crew. They come up to me and they go, hey, yo, Moises. We got your back, bro. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Three o'clock, we're going to be there. Okay. And by this point, I'm getting scared. I'm like, I don't want to fight. Like, I'm not trying to fight. Next period, next period, fast forward, sixth period. I'm looking at the clock, and I'm like, when it How hits. How slow was it running? Bro, not, not, yeah, really slow. Slow motion. <laughs> and I can see the, the, second, the seconds ticking. Jeez. And I'm thinking, but this is my plan. At 3 o'clock, I'm running. Oh, I'm gone. <laughs> I'm not fighting. I'm going to run. I'm just going to jet it and whatever. I, I'll, I'll figure out what I'm going to do tomorrow. Three o'clock. Bling. Bell rings. I walk out. And I'm thinking, I'm just going to run. When I try to jet, I turn like to the right and everyone's waiting for me. They're just like rolled. They're waiting. They're like, let's go. Let's go. It's, gonna, <laughs> it's going down. It's going down. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Shorty's there. His cousin Bobby's there. His other cousin Porky's there, and they're like, let's go. Let's get this. Sick-ass nicknames. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, my gosh. And I'm like, all right, just put, you know. 
serious face, bro. We're, you can't about be scared, right? It's about to go down. <laughs> so One, walking two, out, three. Bro. <laughs> bro, we're walking out. Here comes Moises from one side of the school with a crowd of like, I'm not lying to you, like 100 oh kids gosh. behind me. And then from the other side, I glimpse and I see Walter coming from the other side of the school with 100 black kids behind him. <laughs> And then I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's about to go down. Uh-huh. So you were a leader. Bro, <laughs> we get to the center of the basketball court. And there's a gang member who didn't go to our school. He was much older than oh us. Oh, my God. And he goes, what's up? What's up, little homies? What's going on, little homies? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, who's this guy? <laughs> and this guy goes. He's moderating. The guy goes, yeah, yeah. He goes, what's up? What's up? We're like, we're getting down tonight. Gang moderator. That's crazy. <laughs> Wait, this guy goes. He tells Walter, you want to get down with this little fool? And Walter goes like, hell yeah, let's one go. One. So then the guy looks at me and he goes, you want to get down with him? I didn't even get to answer when the crowd goes, hell yeah, let's go. Let's go. It's about to go down. So like, all right, then let's go. But other mean words that I'm not going to repeat here. That was basically one on one. Come on. Yeah. One-on-one. So like, all right. So then this circle forms and I see Walter. And he's taller than me. And I'm like, I'm just going to I'm going to go for I'm going to go for the face. I got to do damage, which was a mistake. So I look at Walter, we're squaring off, and they're like, go. Three, two, one, boom, we go off. I square off and I punch Walter in the face, but I'm much shorter than Walter. And Walter punches me in the face. <laughs> so guess what happens? You fell down a little I bit. fell down. Yeah. <laughs> I fell down and by the time that I like, just like in an instant, I look up and I see Walter on top of me and I'm between his legs. So I'm, all, I, all I said was to myself, like, protect your face. I protect my face. I protect my face and he's just like going at my body and I'm like, I can't, I need to get up. So I go, he was so tall, I got in between his legs. <laughs> when, <laughs> when he turns around, I'm already up. So what do I do as a soccer player? Gotta kick him. Yeah. I kick him. <laughs> I kicked him. Hey, the first thing they was, I kicked him in the stomach and he went back and there was a fence. So when he goes into the fence, I just start <laughs> punching him like crazy, blah, 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 blah. And here comes the teacher who was watching the fight the entire time. Damn. Didn't jump in? No, he just shot her out. No, so the, the, it was after school. They no, the, the the, there was a teacher, <laughs> Mr. Hopkins. You know, you know, you know hey, the teacher's called, his name is Mr. Hopkins. I don't know if he's still alive. If you are, I hope you got fired for that. <laughs> Mr. Hopkins jumps in. He's jump, he jumps in. He jumped in when he saw the principal and security come in and he separated us. And he's like, hey, 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 stop fighting. So the next day, I'm like, so we get suspended. Anyways, we both go home. Boom. People call my house because back then oh, you had phones at right. Yeah, you had to call the, the voice. And then there's, yeah. there was, I had a, a, a classmate named Lucero. She calls my, my mom. Shout out to you. She goes, like, Señora, ¿está Moisés? And my mom's like, No, no ha llegado. Es que se peleó. And my mom's like, And my mom's Not like, Lucero. And I want to, y quiero asegurarme que esté bien. And my, my mom asked, asked, asked her, ¿Qué pasó? No, es que Moisés sabe pelear. <laughs> Se agarró con un niño Walter and y le empezó a pegar y se pegaron. And then I show up like 30 minutes later. Mom's like, what happened? Did you get your ass whipped? No. She's like, she's like, who won? Damn. <laughs> and I was like, say? I think I did. <laughs> obviously. And um, the next day, me being like a little hard ass, I show up to class, to Mr. Hopkins' class. Mr. And I Hopkins. walk in and Mr. Hopkins is like, yo, Moises, you got some crazy squabbles. <laughs> And I'm like, man, LAUSD for you. Right? Hey, LAUSD for represent. They they know when to clock in, clock out. Look, hey. push comes to shove. I'm not I'm not for fighting. I right. I'm, I'm, uh, after high school, I was like I'm done with all this. But I you, don't want to fight. But, but um, Walter graduated from college. Period. So did I. He went to Shout Manuel. Out to both of you guys. I went to LA High. 
we never truly got to sit down, but I've heard of the stuff he's done. I mean, he graduated from college, and I am Damn, very happy Walter. for him. Shout yeah, out to Walter. No, Dan Walter, because it was a big rivalry between Manu and L.A., so they got one up on us right now. Yeah. I feel like, hey. But yeah. you know what? You know what I'm realizing now that you were sharing that story? Maybe that gang member was the one that inspired your career. Probably. He was, <laughs> he was the the fight he, anchor. He was, he was an instigator. <laughs> he man. was instigating. And yeah. he, said, he probably was over there moderating like, le da con la izquierda, le da con la derecha, <laughs> hey, lo canto, I, lo canto. Honestly, <laughs> like, he felt like me in every fight. Like, Literally. I got your back. Not really. Maybe that's where you got your <laughs> yeah. inspiration from, and you don't even hey, know it. Growing up in South Central, I think a lot of kids have gone through a similar situations, similar yeah. experiences. It's part of the journey. I feel too. like I feel like yeah. If you feel it, I feel like in general in LA, if you grew up underserved, you had one or two fights under your belt yeah. at that point. Whether you lost or you won, whether you, you got had, jumped too. <laughs> oh, I, I got that too. Yeah. Listen, that's like typical LA. Like growing up in LA, is they like. You gotta get jumped at least one time. Exactly. Right. I feel like we could definitely go into that. Like that's a whole nother hour. episode. Yeah, an, but yeah. I wanna bring it back. Look, this is me pulling my Ramsey card. Yeah, your <laughs> Ramsey card. All time. I wanna I wanna go back and kinda like ask you, how did you go from what you were doing with Telemundo and like at Washington to going into MLS and Apple TV? Like what was that transition like? How did that happen for you? It was perfect timing, I think. Um, I had been asking that question. You know, I would pray a lot and ask God, like, yo, like, what's up? Like, you going to keep me here or what do you want to do with me? Because I'm kind of getting the feeling that it might be time to move on. Like, mm -hmm. but I'm not going to leave unless you give me a sign. Right. So I would pray a lot. And my mom prays a lot. My mom's a Christian. So she's always praying. Right. Mm -hmm. She's that type of person. That's like, if it's not for him, take him out. If right. it is for him, you know, show him the way. And for a year, I was battling with that decision. So I started prepping myself, and I knew that all those years that I had done with DC United and the commanders were going to pay off. I always saw it like that. I never saw it as in, I'm the man in DC, and I'm the play-by-play -play announcer, like other people probably mm -hmm. do. All I said was, what I'm doing right now, that's my door for whatever comes next, not knowing about Apple. Right. I just said, I'm going to do it. So when I started doing DC United on TV the past, prior to this season, the last two seasons, it was a lot of hard work because I had to do my Telemundo and NBC job, and then I had to like, you know, switch chips and become the play-by-play -play announcer for DC United. And not only that, for DC United, I was doing the English pregame show with Dave Johnson, who's a legend in, in, in DC, and then I had to switch and go to Spanish and do the play-by-play -play for the Spanish broadcast. But I thought to myself, if I'm doing this, it's gonna open a bigger door. It's gonna open a bigger door. The reason why I'm doing it is not to be the man right now. It's because whatever's coming next is gonna be greater and I have to be ready. Right. This is prep for whatever comes next. Two years later, they're like, oh, hey guys, um, as of next season, where you guys are not coming back because MLS has sold the rights and it's gonna be announced pretty soon, boom, Apple TV. And I was like, well, I don't know what's gonna happen or if Apple's gonna give me an opportunity. I still have a contract with Telemundo. And then the stars started aligning and they were like, hey, there's an interview with Apple. Are you interested? And I said, yeah, I'm interested. I want to see what they have to offer. And I said to myself, we, we spoke, and I thought, if there is a moment right now to leave, to make a switch in that career and to kind of start fulfilling the lifelong dream of being a play-by-play -play announcer, which you've been praying for as a side job for the past couple of years, it's right now. Mm -hmm. And I said, yeah. So then I waited because they had a lot of options. There was a lot of people who were in the run for a position. And luckily they liked me. And the first thing they said, my, my boss, uh, Kristen, shout out to Kristen, I love her, she's the best, um, who said was like, 
She's like, I listen to your tape. And then I was like, and? And she goes, you have a very unique call. And she goes, she's like, what is it? And then I told her where it came from. I said, look, being honest, I worked at Fox. I, we were covering a lot of Argentinian uh, soccer league, Boca Juniors, River Plate, and they have a saying. They go, cántalo, 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 cántalo. And that always stuck in my head, mm -hmm. but I never thought I'm going to use it for myself until a different guy told me, all right, you're announcing games for DC United, but what's your catchphrase? Mm. And I was like, I don't have one. He said, he'll come to you. And then for one season, they didn't have it. Second season, they didn't have it. And then I'm like, man, and I was trying different stuff. And then one day, it just hit me in the back of my head, lo canto, instead of cantalo. And then I was like, I'm just going to run with it. So I started saying, lo canto, lo canto, lo canto. And no one was paying attention because the reach was so small for DC United. No offense. But just the fact that they were broadcasting in smaller channels. Right. And then when Apple came, I mean, we're here talking about it right now. No one was paying. I was about to give up on lo canto, lo canto. Right, right. I was like, maybe it's not, maybe it's, it's not, not it. Hitting. Maybe it's time to switch it up. Mm -hmm. And then I got to MLS and Apple TV, and all of a sudden, boom. They're like, yo, like that's cool because it's unique. It's different. And I'm like, I'm running with this. This is mm -hmm. mine now. Mm -hmm. no, and, there's, and there's a lot of there's a lot of people. You've gone viral on some of the some of the Locanto, 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 Locanto. And like you were lucky enough to to call one of my goals. It was one of those goals, and I used his voice. But you were lucky enough. How, how does it feel to call him a goal for me? It feels great. <laughs> it feels great that people would even take the As time to, yes, to use my call. Mm -hmm. And and the thing about me, and you guys, have, you guys haven't asked me, but I've been thinking about it ever since we talked about me coming on the show. Because people ask me different questions. I said, like, what do I want to say to make sure that people know a little bit more about me is the fact that for the past couple of years, I go back and I listen to every game that I call. And I'm looking for mistakes, for mm -hmm. areas to improve, especially now with the Apple project, the fact that I can just click and listen go to back. a game. I do that every single game. So for the past, well, it's been 30 games. I've gone back and I've listened to every single game and I, I'm my biggest critic. I go hard on me. Yeah. Like I need to be better because I want to, surpass the next person and I'm, I'm very competitive so but I don't say it out loud I'm just like do your job focus on you my motto is you know focus on you keep working hard and and keep it moving right, right. so what, what is this next step now you've called a lot of MLS games you called a lot of goals you're in, check out your Instagram you have all those goals you've called out what's next for Moises getting to the top three <laughs> I'm not even gonna say top Bigger one Bigger and better but I want to be top three. I'm not going to say I'm there now because there's a lot of guys in this project that I respect and that I look up to and that I admire. And I listen to them to learn from them. But for me, it, it is that. I want to be top three in this project. It's going to take more work, I believe. And then I just want to keep inspiring people. And I want people to see me, hear me, and, and say, you know, I want to be like that guy. Mm -hmm. And for me, that, that's, that, that would be like the ultimate goal, to keep inspiring the, the, the generations that are coming behind that need, you know, right. someone to look up to role models because I'm pretty sure you didn't have some. I no, know I didn't. I did not. Especially as a Salvadorian American, you, honestly, you are my role model. Mm -hmm. Especially Aww. in this space. In this space. So, like, having you here... Romance. <laughs> Period. Ramsey, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, like, honestly, like... Who's no, Ramsey? Ramsey. 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 Rams
Bridget Part of the urban, urban Bridget pitch. and Two Salvadorans. Hey. Hey, what a great movie. Hey, Bridget's uh, Corner and Two Salvadorans. Yeah. What's up? Nothing good can come out of that. But no, but honestly, like, as a Salvadorian, just seeing nobody really, like, saying, like, we are who we are. Like, yeah. we were always not the cool race. I don't know why, because I feel like we got so much to give. But just having you in that space, having you as a front runner, as for us Salvadorians, Going viral for giving pupusas at a at a football American mm-hmm. football game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy to mm-hmm. me to have you right next to us, like sharing this space to sharing this space with you. But um, I know we're running out of time, so I want to ask you, what game have you called that you want to call? A uh, tournament, whatever it is. So, bro, the answer is, I mean, tournament. You asked me two different questions. <laughs> what game do I want to call? Everyone's on the Messi train right now. Right. I love Messi. I'm a big Messi fan. I've been a Messi fan since day one. I saw Messi at El Clasico where, where he scored his first hat trick. So it's not like I just jumped Dang. on board. My friend Chris and I, we went to see Messi in so Barcelona. Chris Jr. Yeah, so exactly. Went to see El Clasico at the Camp Nou. First hat trick for Messi. Then we went to the World Cup in 2010. We saw Messi getting beat by Germany. So we've seen Messi on several occasions. But if you ask me what game I want to call, I think the, the answer is very obvious. I want to call Inter Miami. Nah, You're already in the same. Nah, bro, I'm not trying to call no Inter Miami. I'm trying to call it Trafico, bro. Hey. I want LAFC versus LA Galaxy because next week make it happen, Rich. Because <laughs> to me that means a lot. I, I can't speak for right. everybody else, and right. I don't want to be a hater and, and you know badmouth other people that have been working hard. But I'm like, I'm from South Central. You're the LA. Guy. I grew up. I grew up as a MLS fan. Mm-hmm. I've seen these teams born mm-hmm. both Galaxy and LAFC. Mm-hmm. I was here for. LAFC's first home opener when that stadium opened up. I was there with the fans, so 32-52. And I said, yeah, that's the game that I want to call. I haven't been given that opportunity, but if they do, I'll be ready. And I think it would mean more to me than it probably means for a lot of people because it's more than a game for me. It's just like it represents my city, and it's like in my blood. It's like if somebody – we spoke to somebody from Argentina – and they talk about River Boca, Mm -hmm. Barcelona, Real Madrid. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Rangers, Celtic. Yeah. You know, Manchester United versus Liverpool. You're like, it means to them because they're from there. Like, this is my city. How many people in this project are from L.A.? Mm -hmm. I'm just saying, bro. Especially from South Central. Both teams, they all of a sudden, I always say this Galaxy, what what Galaxy messed up was, they started marketing as the world team as opposed to the market you have in your city. LAFC came in. They said, all right, we have a Salvadorian community. Let's go get Fito, which Fito was overweight. Um, We got a Mexican community. Let's go get Vela. Yeah. Uh, first year, they had a backup Honduran goalie. Mm-hmm. Their starting forward was El a Costa Rican. Yeah, they, they, started, they had a starting forward that was Costa Rican. And then they went to South America. So, like, LAFC played their cards right, getting the demographic right. Like, Man, let's not even, I'm not even going to get into that because I'm, I'm not disagreeing. I think the Galaxy has messed up big time. And I'm a big critic. Yeah, I'm a big fan, but mm-hmm. I'm a big critic of that. And I yeah. think they messed up. And anyone who knows me knows that I don't, I'm not going to bite my tongue. I'm not here to kiss up to the LA Galaxy. Mm-hmm. I grew up a Cienfuegos fan, a Campos fan, a Hermosillo, El Matador, El Tanque Hurtado. Right. All those guys. Okay. Even played one season. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All, those, all these guys that came and, and made what the Galaxy was, the team has gone away from that because we're looking for superstars. We're looking for the big names. We're looking to make a splash. And mm-hmm. these, you know, these guys, these transfers have not panned out the way you want them to. And you're spending a lot of money on them. So you've also forgotten about the community that made you, you what you are. And mm-hmm. you, you do have Zavaleta now, but Zavaleta, it's a different, you know, Zavaleta is a, 
his parents are from El Salvador. He was raised in... Um, Is it Canada? I believe so. He was ra- Well, he was raised in the U.S., Canada, because he played in Canada. He played for Toronto. But he's gone away from that, and I think that's where LAFC has beaten everybody because and I'm they, like, they're smart. Even right. if they don't sign them long-term, they invite them to make noise. Mm-hmm. But and they make a great team winning with the community yeah. as well. Yeah, and I think that what that goes back to is just that we got to give... Like and I know that we all do. We give credit to LA Galaxy and what they've done because they're the original LA team, right? Oh geez. And I think that they've done an amazing job and they've represented LA in their way. And I think just LAFC came in and was like, "Well, you haven't done. What are you not doing right? And let's, you know, amplify that and work off of that." And I that's just, what LAFC. You, you can't live off the past. You can never. Right. And, I, and this is coming from somebody who supports the guy. You can't live off the past. Yep. You can't keep saying we won last in 2014. Right, right, right. We had Beckham. Go- right. Good. Now Beckham has Messi. So that's already an old story, an old narrative. But we have to admit, even though I was a critic at the beginning, one of the best rivalries in MLS is El Tráfico mm-hmm. because the games are solid. We just need the Galaxy to do well because mm-hmm. if the two teams, if the two teams are doing good, it's only going to be good for LA. It's only going to be great for MLS. So right. a Galaxy has to step it up. No, no doubt. Yeah, I agree. But I think, and let's manifest it, like I hope that you get to, you know, have that moment with El Trafico. But I really want to know, like, out of your experience so far in MLS with Apple TV, what has been the best either stadium or team that you've been able to, like, announce and, like, be in the moment of? I feel like First of all, I'm very grateful uh, to MLS and to Apple for giving me the opportunity to make this dream a reality. Mm-hmm. I work with so many great people, and I'm not just saying that. There's so many people behind the scenes that no one knows about. The travel team, um, Kristen and the, and the talent coordinating team that kind of put everybody in a certain place. And they've given you and me the opportunity to enjoy MLS like we never had. Mm-hmm. Now, to answer your question, I visited a number of stadiums, and I would say the team that has surprised me the most has been Nashville. Everybody says that. Yeah. Nashville is such an amazing city. I was a person who thought, <laughs> why does Nashville have a soccer team? Right. Why? Like, give it to San Antonio or Vegas or Fresno who, who have been begging. San Diego, mm-hmm. they've been begging for a team. Mm-hmm. I was wrong. Nashville, <laughs> the moment you get off the plane, they're playing music. They're very welcoming. They have great food. The atmosphere at the stadium is rocking. There's very few stadiums in MLS that can do that. Mm-hmm. That's not an enormous stadium, by the way. So it's not Atlanta, Atlanta United Stadium. It's not, who else has a big, Seattle Stadium. Charlotte. Charlotte has a big stadium, too. They're, I've been there. They're pretty cool. But um, other than that, I would say I, I, I like the atmosphere at LAFC. I think 32-52. I mean, sometimes they can be out of line, but I'm a big fan. I support them. I support them. Yeah. I think they're very, uh, they're very, you know, they, they, they give themselves to the club. And I think yeah. that that's, that's dope. LA uh, Galaxy has it as well. I think tough, you know, times have been very tough for the Galaxy. So this is a moment to kind of reconstruct and build mm-hmm. back up to mm-hmm. what we know that club is. Mm-hmm. All right. So Moises 2026 World Cup, is he calling the game? I hope so. God willing, that's the... That's the plan. Yeah, that's the plan. I hope that, you know, Telemundo has the rights. I come from Telemundo. 
I am very grateful to Telemundo for everything they've done for me, for the opportunities they've given me. Mm -hmm. I would not be where I'm at if it wasn't for Telemundo. So I am grateful to everybody there who's taken a chance on me and who has given me the opportunity to do things such as going to Tokyo and being the correspondent for the Olympics for Telemundo, mm -hmm. going to Jamaica for a World Cup qualifier. So I am grateful to them. And if the opportunity is there, I would like it. Don't give it to me. Let me earn it. Yeah. So give me an audition. Give me a casting. Listen. Let's play ball. Let's I think go. at this point you've already earned it. Yeah. And I think we can go on and on with you. I do have like two two more questions and like just whatever comes for you for Quick those answer. two. The first one, because I think we could give you a lot of credit for many things. Like there's a lot of things that I would love to like ask. But the first one is your book, right? Like where did that come from? If you give us like a quick a brief summary of like where that we came are not from. born failures that's my book that comes from um an interview with my grandmother before she dies mm -hmm. she was passing away i knew it so i what i did was let me interview her let me use my skills as a journalist to interview her get all the information i can and just have it there and i'm like what am i going to do with this information i said like well write a book and she asked me what are you going to do I said i'm gonna write a book and i'm gonna show the world how cool you were you were a badass grandma Aww. so i want everyone to know about that I love and that. then i just kept pushing and that idea evolved it's about my grandma, it's about me, it's about my family. And I said, no, it's none of those. It's about my community. It's about the Salvadorian community and the struggle they've been to, all the obstacles they've overcome, and the reason why they came to the U.S. during the 1980s, which was the Civil War. Mm -hmm. I love that. Where can we find your book? Amazon, that's the best option as of now. Mm -hmm. We're working on a Spanish uh, edition of the book. It's, yes. not, as, it's not as easy to translate a it book. Isn't. So. I will say, fun fact, I've have, I, when I was in college, I did, I worked with a Colombian professor who I helped translate his book in Spanish. Oh, so what? I will say it's not easy. Excuse Especially me? the index. Contacts. All right, we can go you know on with Brid how cool Bridget <laughs> Last is. Last question, though, because yeah. this isn't about me, and I think this is the most important one. What advice do you have for those that want to start into journalism or just want to get to where you are now? Be relentless. Keep Period. going. People are going to tell you no. People are going to tell you it's not for you. People are going to say maybe you should try something else. People are probably going to say you don't have what it takes. But if you want something, not just in journalism, anything in life, you go after it. As long as you're willing to put in the work, as long as you're willing to put in the hours, it doesn't matter what it is that you want to do in life. If you want it bad enough, you're going to find the way. And let's say for sakes, for just for boobs and giggles, for me not to say the problem, right? <laughs> boobs and giggles. It's like a that he almost came out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's say you don't make it for whatever reason, because life and God has something bigger for you. You want to leave the conversation saying, I gave it all. I left it all in the table. Mm -hmm. Usually when you do that and you really leave it all in the table, you find a way. So if you want it, you work for it and you go for it. You, you're in the... I don't care what people say. The United States of America is still the land of opportunity. There we go. You could, be in, you could be born into poverty, but you can make it happen. It's not easy. It's not easy. But if you want it, and if you go for it, you'll find the way. Work hard, play hard. Exactly. DJ Mo, Mike please, drop. he said it. My drop. <laughs> we didn't even talk about me being a DJ, so I'm nah, happy. Let's it was go. on Pesadillas 3, so it's all good. Yo no quiero. Like I said, we could go on and on, and I, I appreciate you for coming on, Moises. We've had an amazing time. I think 
I could speak to both me and Julio and everyone watching this. We've been inspired. Continue doing what you're doing because you're doing amazing work. You're an influence, and I can't wait to see what more you do. And I can't wait to see you in the World Cup in some there we way, go. some shape, some form. And if it now, can I say one more thing? Yeah, go yeah. ahead. What camera am I looking at? This one. Ramsey, you don't have a job anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, kidding, bro. I'm a big fan. Wrap us up, Bridget. Wrap us up, Bridget. We've had an amazing time. Shout out to Moises Linares. Find his book on Amazon. We are not born failures. But for Julio Monterrosa, Bridget Flores, Moises Linares, this has been the Urban Pitch Podcast, the beautiful game of life, part of the Believe Network. And you best believe we will be back with another episode soon. Period. 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 Shout out to my Salvadorian mom for being here. Hey. Bye. <laughs>